This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick. Hey, John, how's it going? Not bad. What do you have on store for us tonight? Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to welcome back uh, my, my good friend Steve. Hey, Steve. Oh, dear. Hello, everyone. Yes. Yes. Hello, Steve. Welcome back. <laughs> Long time no here. I'm so sorry to submit all of you to my voice again, but here we go. Yeah, it's like you didn't do anything with, with us last year for, I guess, for, like, we just didn't find the time. So I guess we're having you back back again this week to make up for it. Let's get this show on the road. Yeah. So, because, like, I mean, the main reason it's like I wanted to have you back is because, like, we're talking. Like the focus this week is going to be on a couple of series that I know we've both read in scanlated form, and we wanted to give um, great props to. It's like as they are kicking off their um, their English language run, and uh, I guess it's it's kind of hard to say which one to start with because they're both excellent. Quite right. Yes. Yes, and that's like going to make a nice break from la- from our from our talk last week. So I guess let's go go into Silver Spoon, right? Sure. So, well, the thing the thing I like about both of the uh, both the titles we're talking about this week is because uh, they both they both take they both start in a well worn setting the high school the Japanese high school right but they go different places with them right one silver spoons about uh, you know about it's an agricultural high school right so you, you you don't have a lot of the usual like happy tropey antics you've got a dude who's just trying to you know who's a city boy who's trying to make his way on a fucking farm right and uh and then in kaguya-sama you've got like uh the school's just a setting and it's mostly just about a couple people at the start at least it's about a couple people just trying to outmaneuver each other in the war game of love yes and i think that's like kind of we want to talk about it because, like, you know, I guess, like, you and I are like both like aged individuals at this point, and like, so when um, we're fucking like, decrepit, yes. As far as far as these titles are concerned, as far as the target audience for these titles are concerned, because you know, it's like, like, like we're like us getting up in our like like thirty something age areas. It's like we're, we don't have like time for like the, the standard bullshit that accompanies like you know your standard Japanese high school comedy. In fact, we should probably be ashamed that we're even like talking about um, <laughs> Japanese high school stuff at this point in our life. God damn it! <laughs> but but you know, it's like I I think it's to to both of these titles' credit that you know they're able to like you know transcend that that setup and um, offer something new because like I mean, with Silver Spoon, like I'm honestly surprised it took it took it this long to get a proper English release because I figured you know because this is from. Um, like mangaka um, Hiromu Arakawa, who is best known as the creator of Fullmetal Alchemist. And God knows everyone loves that, loves that series, sold like lots of copies in the, in the U.S., and you figured that, okay, you just slap on from the creator of Fullmetal Alchemist to this title, and you think that, okay, this is going to sell like gangbusters. But no, apparently. In fact, it's not even coming from Viz, who is the um, English-language front for... Um, publishers, um, Sh- um, Shueisha and Shogokukan, it's coming to us from Yen Press, which I'd really be love to know about the uh, negotiating logistics that allowed such a uh, setup. But hey, it's here in the U.S., like in English, and I'm glad to give um, Arakawa my money for it because, like as as you mentioned, Steve, it's like like I said, this is a um, it's like I said, it's it's definitely a lot different than your standard um, like 
high like high school series in the sense that it's about this kid um, ha- um Hachiken Yugo who is sh- who has shown up at um Ezo Agricultural High School in Hokkaido, Japan. Now he's like a uh, as you mentioned he's like a like a t- like a city boy and you're wondering about, why the hell is this kid shown up in it's like in like a uh, agricultural high school up in way up in the uh, northern province of Japan and like uh, and it's and like yeah the first couple of chapters are con- are sh- like are focused on like showing him like at, way out of his element just you know dealing with like uh like with the calf that's like that, that he's trying to like like trying to rope rope in and secure for like for for one of his classes being rescued from being out in the middle of fucking nowhere but like by a girl on a it's like uh, on a horse and um also being um like finding out about the uh, the uniquely specialized knowledge that these high school kids have about um, you know like um it's like about, about farm life and all so it's but so so it's really so like I said it's it's a yeah it is high school life but it's like it's safe to say that it's not the kind of high school life that you and I like really kind of like um, like encountered when we were growing up I mean. I love- <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm writing this, aren't I, Steve? I mean, like, were you like, like, like uh, an agricultural high school kid and all? I'm afraid I didn't even know what an agricultural high school was, or that they even existed. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of like what we're going here. In fact, from what I understand, that um, Arakawa, this is kind of like the uh, her career path, like at first, until she um, she broke into manga with like like with her, with her success. And this is kind of like her way of, like, I guess, giving back to the, uh, like, the way of life that she was raised into, for lack, for lack of a better term. And um, it's also fun to see, like, some of the uh, touchstones from Full Metal Alchemist observed here, because um, uh, Alexander Armstrong is the uh, PE teacher here, and um, <laughs> there's also lots of um, lots of bits about drinking drinking milk here as well. And of course, like, she's, she retains her, her um, especially cow persona. In the um, it's like in the uh, it, it's like in the making of bits at the end at the um, back of the volume, but like what the series like really succeeds in just showing like is is really just like illustrating us like this uh the, the, this like kind of like um high school experience that like that most people would not have like normally exper- experienced and that's kind of I think that's really kind of cool it's like just the uh, like from its whether whether it's like you know Hachiken or getting to know. It's like yo, like let's see what am I what am I trying to say? Oh, just like the uh, the crazy business of like um like early like waking up to do um it's like early high school uh, maintenance on the like on the farms there. It's like um like um like cleaning cleaning eggs, learning where eggs come from. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like and then joining the equestrian the equestrian club to clean out and getting the like the freshman uh, um, joy of cleaning out the, the stables, it's like, and also learning the uh, joy of like, of like of of um ja- of um Japanese bane racehorses, which is seems like kind of like their like rustic equivalent of tractor poles in the in the U.S. for lack of a better better. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that analogy, but it's pretty fitting. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, it's like it's it's very it's, it's very rustic. Like compared to like you know the uh, urban life that we usually get in like in the these kind of stories, but that's all it's all the better for it. And yeah, there's it's there's lots of goofy slapstick, 
like in in the course of the series, but it's also still really like still pretty grounded like in the end when it comes to just like you know showing you what what the high Hashkin has to go through. I mean, it's kind of funny to hear to see that you know even though it's like he cannot um when tests come around like he cannot um score number one in any course that he goes to because everyone's knowledge is so specialized. But he still winds up being the uh, number one student in the school because he's so good in every other. <clears throat> Like in every other uh, class, in every other student, in every other class, but it's also interesting because you know it's like it hints at his at his backstory, as um because we learn that you know well, why does this kid um like um, want to uh, go out to this like um like this, this Boonies High School in Hokkaido, and well, while you and I both know this um the answer to this, it's like there's a good like because it's. It's hinted at that you know there's there's family drama at home. It's like in this first volume, and that's and that's and that's kind of cool. So like I mean, well, cool in the sense that it provides a nice dramatic hook as far as like you know you want to know why like he came out here. And it also points out. I also want to bring up the fact that yes, like this is a series I read in scanlated form, and um, it's like uh, it's like and um, like I said, I want I desperately want to see the six to succeed because you know it's really so far it's really good it's like and um as like and while the series has um had a very irregular serialization schedule as it gets towards the end of japan i can vouch for the fact that you know like this first volume is really good it's like and it's only going to get better and more interesting from here um steve your your thoughts on like how on how the series progresses mm, i haven't I'm not all the way kept up with it. I think I'm all right. Well, obviously, uh, no spoilers. I'm, how do, dude. I, I I don't even know how to start. Uh, let's just say I think it progresses very interestingly. Um, you know, I think all the characters get their due. That they're all interesting in their own way. It's a large ensemble cast. Uh, yes. I mean, it's still centered around Hotchkin, and uh, it's it's largely centered around him. I mean, lots of lots of characters like revolve around him, and they have. Sorry. Yeah, Hodgkin is kind of like he's first among equals here. Yes, he's uh, he is the pig in Animal Farm. He is the most. <laughs> he is more equal than the rest. Um, he's he's a good he's a good you know character for uh, he's a good main character because you know he represents the city the city boy and you know thrown into a fa- you know an unfamiliar farming life uh, where everyone else is like. Uh, everyone else is like a specialist in some form of like farming or agriculture or you know just self-sufficiency right um, so it's interesting to see him adapt to this life and it, again it's it, it's nice to see a series that uh, you know doesn't doesn't fall back on the old uh, high school tropes it's like you know it's a lot of the series is about you know like hard hard questions about you know farming you know, like the economics of it, uh, you know, food production. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I might be getting old. My age definitely shows here, but you know, infrastructure is interesting to me. <laughs> Agreed. It's like, I mean, it's like, just like I said, the logistics of this, it's like, like I said, it's, it's an experience that um, majority of us like aren't going to have, have um, a lot of knowledge about. And I think it, it's like, and I think it works, works really well, really well from that. So, and and um, Arakawa does do a good job of uh, creating a lot of interesting characters, and I uh, just like the uh, like the slapstick and uh, comedy elements also like are 
are generally um, uh, pulled off pretty well too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, I think it does a good balance of uh, it does a good balance of of, of seriousness and comedy. Uh, never, it, it gets serious, but never. I don't know about you. I never felt like it. It got dark. It never got like really dark. It just it got serious, but not dark. Yeah, it's like you're. I think yeah, you're definitely right about that. And um, everyone like reading the series will understand what we mean once um, Hotchkin's dad finally get finally gets into the picture. Because I mean, it's like I said, it's. It, I mean, he's he's not exactly he's not villainous. It's like he's he's just kind of. Like uh, I used to, say he, he's particularly driven. He's got a very specialized idea of what constitutes success. I get and how to get there. In a way, I mean, he's he, he's in a way he's a, he's a he's a parent who wants the best for his kids. He just and he's got uh, a very specific idea of how um, to achieve that best. Right. Um, it's uh this this may be a familiar concept to those who grew up with uh tiger moms or tiger parents in general um that that concept that the parent knows best and how best to guide the kid's life and you know if the kid is doing otherwise you know they're they're fucking up their life um i oh and just well just wait until we get meet um hutchkin's brother ah yes yes he's uh He's another interesting character. Um, he look, Hutchkin's dad is is source of a lot of his suffering and anguish. But um, you know, as the series progresses, he's well, not okay. Like you said, he's not he's not a villain. He's not a villain. He's just strict. Yeah, he's just he, very very strict. Yeah, he's got his own ideas about how to Jesus says, and he's not wrong. But the way he goes about it is just kind of like. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. But like, that's that's our pitch for like why you should keep reading this series. I mean, it's up to volume, I believe, fourteen in Japan. So, um, and um, so Young Press should um be putting out this like um new volumes like regularly on a bi-monthly schedule. And um, hopefully by the time they're caught up, um, the Japanese release we finished because it's been teetering on the uh on completion for a while now. But apparently, um. Arakawa has had um like some like had some family drama to contend with, as well as the ongoing complication of um the heroic legend of Arslan to con- contend with as well. What's been so, going on there? I'm not. I don't keep up with these things. Uh, apparently, like when the the most recent um hiatus from like uh, Shonen Sunday, where the series is published, um, so that this is like sometime last year when we got that that burst of like that three chapter burst of um. Like of the like from like from from the series, and apparently she said that like there was some kind of like family uh, like she was taking care of a family member, so apparently that's what's keep, that's what's holding up the series. But at the same time though, she's also busy with um, Arslan, so it's kind of like you know, like doing like you know two series at once. I mean that's that's kind of that's a kind of that's a kind of crazy that like is reserved for like either if you're in Japan or if you're um John Romita Jr. in America. So, so yeah, it's like, it's not, it's like, I imagine that, um, Arslan is, it, it's been, like, it hasn't been put on hiatus yet, so I imagine that's probably, um, drawing her, it's like, her attention at the moment, but even so, it's like, um, Silver Spoon is, like, like, teetering on the edge of completion, 
it's just going to require hopefully like by the time like us releases caught up like it'll be done in japan so we'll see how that goes but in the end this is absolutely worth your money as is um another series that is that's been running in japan for a while and that you yourself recommended to me steve um kaguya sama um love is war which is you know by all accounts that like on the surface a uh, borderline standard like japanese like a high school romantic comedy but not really <laughs> yes yes on the surface on the surface but uh i mean the the series per- goes into other directions as it goes on good directions i should say in my opinion um but when it starts out it's uh the opening the opening chapters are all out war between uh, between our two main characters who are trying to get the other one to uh, declare uh, declare their love for the other because the f- person who declares their love loses. Yeah, because I mean, setup is basically like you've got these two um, like like high ranking students at the at this um, ultra prestigious um, Japanese academy, Shuichin Academy. And it's like its student council president is um, Yuki Shiragane, who is like, like he's like an average, he's like an ordinary student that doesn't like someone who got in like purely based on his academic skills alone. But he's got like an ordinary family background. And the vice president is um, Kaguya, um, um, who is uh, she, and she is like um, heir to like a uh, ultra prestigious um, Japanese family, and. Um, and even though, like, we're told at the beginning that, you know, they um, started working together as president and vice president. And, like, you know, they, they kind of, like, it's like, you know, they kind of like, oh, well, it's like, yeah, nice to meet you. We're going to work well together. It's like, you know, hey, I, and they're both mutually thinking, like, hey, you know, like, I might consider giving this person the time of day if they prostrated themselves before me. And as things go on, as that first chapter goes on and tells tells us that hey, well, they've been working together for a while, and like they're like, no, I've got to make the other person confess to me because like I, I really like this person. It's like, but I can't confess to them because to confess to them would be weakness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's a great um like take on the standard on standard romantic comedy comedy tropes. It's like I mean it's I mean, yeah, it's like you know like most like like romantic comedy stories just kind of like have these people like saying, Oh, like, Oh, I hate you. I hate you. It's like, I don't know where, and, um, but eventually we grow to like each other and, Oh, we'll end the series with, um, us putting our love to each other. <clears throat> but this series kind of like demonstrates a remarkable self awareness of these tropes and like lives to subvert them at just about every, every corner. It's like just starting right, right from the beginning too. It's a. It, it, I, I really like where uh, where where it's going. I like how the story continues to be uh, nice and original, despite it despite its um, very tropey and well worn um, setting and beginnings. Yeah, it's like, and I think that the one of the reasons it. I mean, like the fir- this first volume is mainly just concerned with um, Kaguya and um, it's like and uh, and Shiragane just kind of like you know trying to find various ways to get the other one to confess with um with Kaguya's oh how cute um like like bit just you know like I'm echoing is kind of like the uh, the standard for like you know as as a as a funny rejoinder to the uh, standard romantic comedy um tropes 
that these these series traffic in. But then you've got bits where like you know they both where um it's like where like uh, they're like Kaguya and Shirogane are engaged in a life or death battle of of old maid in order to um get the other one to conv- to confess to take them to so to take them to um like like a movie and um just as as Shirogane realizes that oh hey I've won and I've tricked um like Kaguya from like like um get like uh like get from getting getting me to ask her out like to this thing and then he realizes oh wait I've tricked her from I tricked my tricked things from tricked her from like I managed to trick myself out from spending some time with her and then he has to find a way to you know set things up to like to actually get them to go on this I go see this movie together as a date and then when they actually do go on the date and like Kaguya is like you know like trying to find employing all of her family's resources to uh hey we're gonna show up at the movie at just the right time huh <laughs> what a coincidence and I was using every all my res- all my family members like um and all the like all the uh, all of our servants to uh like to work together and it's like and um so so we could arrive at the same time but then they have to have to uh, figure out how do we um sit together without um like getting the other one to realize that we want to sit together in the same in the same way as well and it's it just leads to like sublimely ridiculous um complications yeah lots of echoes of um oh, what's that scene from the princess bride uh with the uh iocane uh yes yes where it's like it's like ha, i knew it's like i knew that i couldn't convince you to like to do this so i said this yes it's it, lots of echoes of that throughout the series which you know it's not a bad touchstone to to work from because you know if you're not a terrorist then you enjoyed that section from the princess bro yes yeah and also i think that you know even though like the first volume may give the impression that you know oh it's it's the uh the potential for the series is kind of limited in the sense that oh it's going to be like them trying to outwit outwit each other it's like as the series goes on and yeah that would be really annoying if it just like you know like that that was like the premise but i think what um what gives the series legs is that it really kind of like has as it, goes, it really kind of like um blossoms into like an ensemble comedy it's like i, I mean if we were introduced to um like um fujiwara um, Kaguya's um, childhood friend, who is kind of like a, uh, a cute, oblivious beacon of chaos, like in the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she seems to exist solely to uh, blow up certain scenes. But later on, later on, she becomes her own character too, sort of, sort of. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Though she... mostly she does exist to blow th- blow scenes up. In indeed, it's like, and we we get to meet um, the uh, it's like the tre- the um like the class like class the um student council treasurer Ish- Ishigami get we get to know um um Kaguya's um like I can't mean I can't I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now Hayasaka yes oh her poor poor uh, personal assistant yes who is to 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 just like sees through all like the, who just who acknowledges like the craziness that she's going through with. It's like with your gun, just like why don't you two just confess, just get it over with, and um, and then also when we get much later, we get um, Mikio Ino, who's like the very straight laced, um, like challenger to 
um, Shiragane as student council president. But um, she is just she just has her own um, like oblivious weaknesses as well. It's like it's like I said it's it's like it's I mean like even though, like the focus is just you know going to be on like who confesses to each other like each of their first like the series has legs in terms of, like you know like a, a, as an actual like ensemble comedy as as things go on. So yeah, it's like I'm like I said I'm very glad to see that Viz licenses um, for. Like um f- for release, and I can actually like give um like its creator Aka Akasaka like my money for it because it's great. Yes, yes. Um, I am kind of curious as to like why Viz decided to do this um right now because you know it's like it's one of those things where it's like okay like I mean do they just see um you know like printing like like publishing a, a high school romance comedy however subversive subversive as it is as a um license print money. Or could this be, um, or could the um, works to make this a uh, anime series already be um, a done deal? Because there's another series that um, I've been talking about a while ago that um, that I was kind of like puzzled as to why Viz would um, publish it because it seems like you know why would you do do a series like this because it seems like just so out there as far as, as, far as like, you know what the Japanese um, what the uh, like uh, I guess, and I guess what the um, m- like American manga reading mainstream like likes in terms of like stuff like you know, like like you're trying to tell me that you're going to publish a uh, a period series like set after the Japanese Russo War um, about a guy like about a survivor from that from that war who teams up with an Ainu girl in order to get a uh, like a ton of like a ton of money like this like hidden treasure of gold it's like like yeah I'm glad you guys are doing this but like. What kind of commercial potential does a series like this have? Then, as it turns out, you know, they're, they're making an anime out of it that's that's airing right now, and um, it's like, and that would be um Golden Kamui, which you know, it's like at its first volume, I finally convinced Steve to pick up yes. when we were um out in out in L.A. like last couple weeks, so, like a week ago. So, so Steve, it's like I've already said on our blog like how much I love this series. So you love this series too, right? Right? Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna let me down now, right? <laughs> right, man. <laughs> not gonna let me down. <laughs> um. Okay, look. Um. It it the way it opens feels a lot like. Uh, oh, I don't know. I I don't know how you'd classify something like. Uh, is there a good? Is there a good genre classification for something like Inuyasha, where the opening is, here's here's an objective, here's a possibly infinite number of things we have to do to achieve that objective, let's go do it. I mean, that's pretty much how Golden Kamui opens. And I'm not saying it's bad, I'm not saying it's inherently bad. I'm just well, saying... the difference is that I think Golden Kamui is like slated for 12 episodes, and Inuyasha ran for, like, what, 150 or so? One hojillion, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yes it ran for so true. long that they, that they had to do a, a separate final season after they canceled the series the first time to um, basically say, hey, like, yeah, you, all you Inuyasha fans, like, here's, here's how it ends, okay? okay fair enough okay well look i don't know how this is going to end what i'm saying is that they've set themselves up they've set themselves up in a in a somewhat generic way right there there's treasure they need to get there's a possibly infinite number of treasure map pieces they need to collect though 
rather in a rather grisly fashion, I will admit. Um, and um, go, and that's pretty much uh, how the prim- how the story begins. At least that's what I saw from the first episode of the anime, which is the only one I've seen. I have not seen anything else. I haven't read any of the any of the manga. That's where I am. Okay, so you're gonna keep watching the anime then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know, it was uh, it was a bit darker than I thought it would be. Um, uh, from when I hear when I hear uh, about these sorts of series, it, it looked sort of generic. It's kind of dark, kind of like where it's going. Um, I'll stay with it for now. Okay, yeah, but I will say you do realize that they can just like copy the uh, the the map pieces that are tattooed onto these prisoners' skins, like onto like you know just regular paper. They could, but that would be too boring. <laughs> well, it's like you know. I, I, I'm going to spoil it for you and say that, you know, Aserpa, she's the kind of girl that will go for, like, you know, the boring option. But you'll, you'll, you're going to quickly introduce the people who, who also see that, hey, you know, it's like, I'm going to make a vest out of these things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, did you, did you already explain how it is, what it is that we're talking about? I mean, I've talked about Golden Kamui like the first like first three volumes on like on the blog so far so basically i mean it's like it's like i said it's basically like a period like at the action adventure series about this guy immortal sugimoto named so because like after all the scars and bullet wounds he got in the russo japanese war he still lived because he's a he's a hardy motherfucker and (laughs) yes like and he lives and he lives through this because you know it's like he's He's got a, a goal that he wants to like um, restore this, like get like um, get enough money to like um, send this um, the. Well, it's the it's kind of like the love of his life, but like his best friend went up marrying her because Sugimoto went off to war, and um, now he want now, now that his um, best friend is dead, it's like he wants to make sure his 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 um, his wife you know gets the operation she needs to um, restore her sight back in the good old U.S. of A. So. So, but he needs this, um, like this money, which is like this, um, gold, like, like, um, this gold store, which is tattooed on the, uh, like on the skin of all these prisoners from this, um, guy who, um, is a former member of the Shinsengumi and wants to, um, create his own, uh, like, uh, like his own, like, um, like land for, like, for the people who were, who were disenfranchised by the by the shogunate, like and the government, like in the war itself? Did I get everything right? Uh, maybe I don't know. You're the you're the expert here, not me. Okay, I guess after one episode, then okay. So, <laughs> hey, spoilers! You suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I I remember hearing that uh, apparently, like the uh, the the art. Our, cra- our crazy um, Shinsengumi, uh, ex Shinsengumi guy, is voiced by none other than um, Joji Nakata, who does who's done like great crazy over the years as the voice of Alucard from Helsing and um, the Katawani Cristo from Gonkutsuo. So he's he's probably gonna be a lot of fun um, once once he finally shows his face. Oh yes, he does. He does have a good track record with uh, with uh, intense crazy dudes, doesn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I mean, it's like his Alucard. Like definitely a guy who loves who who um, really enjoys his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that impression. Yeah, and also I guess to wrap things up though, it's like I mean to like follow up on um, our discussion from last week. Uh, 
Well, it's like I actually, Steve, I actually sat in and um, read through all the uh, all that's been scanlated of Spotted Flower, which is the not follow up to uh, Genshiken from his creator. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'm not as caught up as you. Uh, I'm only caught up to the point where, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, not Saki uh, has uh, her kid. <sighs> well, I got bad news for you, Steve. Because uh, <laughs> shit, shit happens after that to the point where it's kind of like I'm basically marinating in anger, rage, disappointment at what um, not Madarame has done after that. <laughs> All right then. All right then. Tell me, tell me about what not Madarame has done. Well. You see, not Madarame. Well, remember, like after Natsaki had her kid, um, not Kosaka um, showed up to uh, you know as you know to help with the to after as moral support, like like in this thing in in the birth, and that kind of like you know not Madarame was kind of upset by that, right? Mm, probably. I mean, you'll have to tell me. Okay, so you have what? You have? I thought you got that far. I mean. Afraid not. I only got, like I said, I only got up to the point where uh, her kid was born. Yeah, and like, and not Kosaka is there too. So yeah, that's the thing. I only saw like the preview, the the preview of uh, what would be the following, like uh, you know, volumes. And okay. yeah, I saw not Kosaka show up, but uh, that's about it. Okay. Well, let's just say that um, not Madarame. Um, Apparently gets really um, emo and dramatic and upset. Not not towards like not Saki about this, <laughs> but it's kind of like in the way that you'd expect like he would be. And like uh, it's like when he explains this to not Hato, who has a- acquired a nice pair of silicone breasts and is like like try- fully living the um, like not female life like in this in this series. It's one of those things where it's kind of like what happens after that. It's like, oh god! I mean, it's like I was wor- I was hoping that you know, Shimoku was just like teasing us with this, like you know, like ma- not Madarame would just you know, eventually like you know, do the right thing or just you know, do the right thing just through inaction or something. But something happens that basically makes me go, why? God, why? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's so like, I, I Jason, come back to us. Jason, come back to us. Come back I, to us. You're, you're talking into space. You're talking into space. Come back. Come back. Okay, so I guess full spoilers for for Spotted Flower, which is a scanlated series that I have no idea if Kodansha, um USA is going to bring over, and I, I would like to say that they do re- if they. They do read this and they think like, "Oh, we're we're not gonna um we're not gonna like um quote unquote ruin Genshin by doing this." But basically, not Madarame gets so emo about not Kosaka showing up and offering um support to um not Saki that he feels that like, oh it's like they're just trying to make things so easy for me and like because they don't believe I can handle this and um, he's telling this to not Tato and um he's like. So okay, it's like, and so like, not how to interpret this thing. Yeah, it's like you basically see this as a reason for for us 
for like trying to like do something adult, I'm basically like you know, can I um like stain yourself and I like, get hot, hot, I'm not sucky back for doing this, and like not moderating is like, yeah, and so he um basically uh, like this says yeah, it's like I'm gonna like like have sex with you, and <laughs> but you no, know, it gets because you know it's like okay. You know, it's like I me and Hato's a guy and all, but he thinks he's he's got he identifies as a girl for lack of a better term in the series. But the thing is, like, as they're doing this, you know, not not Madarame um can't get it up. <laughs> and, uh... and, you know, I think, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be it. Like it's gonna be like, okay, he can't get it up, so they're not gonna have sex. Um, no harm, no foul. Okay? And as this is happening, you know, hot not Hato gets so upset about this. Like, no, I've dreamed about this ever since we were in college together. And then he realizes, <laughs> but no, you know, you know, um, you know, senpai, because you're an, you're an uke. <laughs> <laughs> not Madarame is still there, huh? Not Madarame is totally an uke. And we cut to a scene where, like, it's like the uh, an exterior shot of their apartment complex. And not Madarame is going, <laughs> and then we cut to like scenes where like, not Hato is cleaning up after things and like saying goodbye to not Madarame, and not Madarame is going, well, I guess that that kind of constitutes cheating, doesn't it? <laughs> and since in, and in the half chapter that was published after that's been translated after that, um. Not Hato talks to him, not um, uh, uh, Yabuki, or I, I can't remember the uh, the uh, stout um, girl that he that he hooked up with. Um, um, and uh, she says like that. Just like, well, how'd it go? It's like it's like, well, he didn't do me. It's like I did him. And <laughs> so it's, it's like, well, how was he? It's like he was super cute. It's, oh. <laughs> Uh, yep, that's that's Madarame, not Madarame's fate. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's like as as awful, hilarious as this is, it's like you know, it's like it's one thing. It's like I could totally see this happening, like if we're accepting like you know, not Madarame's character as being the same as you know, Madarame's character. But at the same time, you know, it's like you've cheated on your wife right after she she's just had had your kid you are a fucking horrible person and you deserve like all sorts of awfulness that's going to be visited upon you and um well i guess we're just going to wait to find out um what happens in this regard, whether it's either from like the scanlations or if Kudansha decides to announce that they've um, picked this up for release later in this year, which I really kind of doubt. In fact, it's kind of interesting because the uh, the one one of the what the one quote I've read on the uh, on the scanlator site, where like if you click on like on their translation for um, Swatted Flower, it says like, "Hey, I've read through the um, the current translations of the Italian um, scanlation of the manga." If you guys want to stop doing this right now, I'll understand. <laughs> Man, it, it hurt you that much, huh? 
it, it hurt this guy that much. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, it's like, if this is what I have to look forward to, oh, man. It's like, I mean, I mean on one hand, like, I, I really kind of like those first two volumes of Spotted Flyer. So it was a nice tonic after the, um, after our reading through, um, like, all of Genshin's second season. But, you know, this, but, you know, like, like I said, with, when you cheat on your wife after she's just had your kid, it's kind of like, no, man, no, it's like, you're, you're a fucking horrible person. Like, no matter how believable that, that this act is, as far as characterization goes, it's kind of like, that's, that's fucking horrible, really. And it's, it's an awful note to leave off on. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm basically marinating in this like plot development. So it's kind of like, man, it's like, what, what else do you have to, to, to um, throw at me? Um, Kiyoshimoku, what, 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 what do you got for me now? So there you go. It's like, uh, I guess it's like, yeah, it's like, if you were looking, if you wanted to check this, check out spotted flower is kind of like a, Hey, you know, like maybe, um, it was a nice alternate future for uh, Genshin after second season. No, no, it's not. At least, just just read the first two volumes. Don't read anything after that. Don't don't read anything after that. Really. <laughs> all right, all right. So for the rest of you who aren't so put off by, uh, you know, not Madarame fulfilling his uh, uke role, uh, for the rest of you, um, you know, and me, I don't know. I I, I kind of feel like uh, kind of feel like reading the rest of this. I mean, it's it's a dark take on uh, where these characters could go. Yeah, but at the same time, though, it's like I guess it also illustrates one of the biggest problems I have with um, scanlations, in the sense that you know, it's like there's really no, um, it's like it, it is kind of like random as far as um, you know, like it, sometimes like there are like certain groups, like a couple of good you know everyday heroes that um, are really um, diligent about like translating a series like as soon as it comes out, and. Um, it's like, but um, with uh, with Spotted Flower and um, the groups that, that's translating, yet they seem to be really taking their time with it. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like maybe we'll like I'm sure we'll eventually get some follow up on it, but at the same time though, it's kind of like, you know, will it be um, like tomorrow, will it be next week, next month, October. Hey, whatever. There, There's there scanlation groups. They don't get paid. They do it whenever, dude. Yeah, but at the same time, though, it's like you know, like there's, there's, there's some scanlation groups that are that you can count on to like, get shit done, and there are those that, well, it's like, eventually they'll get they'll get to it, you know, for reasons, and you know, kind of like like say, you know, we both like groundless, right, Steve? <sighs> yeah, I wonder where that's gone. Yeah, so you see what I'm talking about here. Sure, sure. I mean, that, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm feeling. What I'm feeling with um, Spotted Fly with you. Hmm. All right, all right. But you know, again, you just you know, they don't get paid for this. They do it whenever. Can't get too worked up about it. No, you're. I mean, you're right. But at the same time, though, it's like I, as I mentioned before, I'm still marinating in this like awful but believable plot plot development from. Like, like from um, Song of Flower. But, oh God, we need to end on a positive note. So, um, 
Delicious in Dungeon, Steve. That's completely awesome, right, Steve? Right? Yes. Yes. Unequivocally awesome. Yeah, even more so because I know you love all all sorts of fantasy stuff. I mean, you what? You 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 love it. It means like you live what? it, you breathe it. Uh, so excuse like you, me. Yeah, I, I'm right, aren't I? Um. Uh, let's right. just tell proceed. Me, me. <laughs> I I will not tell you you're right, but please proceed. No, 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 no tell me I'm right. Tell uh, me I'm right, man. I will not. Because like if I'm wrong and like you absolutely hate this shit, then the fact that you actually like Undisciplined Dungeon is kind of more of an achievement for an itse- for itself, right? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a well realized uh, series. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's about the logistics of uh, of dungeon exploring. I feel like it's a it's a series that does a really good job of uh, fully fleshing out, um, you know a. It, like this imaginary dungeon, the ecology and the the ecology of the creatures that live within, you know, um, I think it does a good, really good job of uh, really, you know, really fully, you know, thinking out these details rather than just sort of, uh, you know, hand waving a lot of the the messier aspects of it, um, especially when it comes to, as you might have guessed by the title, um, you know, having to eat to live, right? Yeah. So basically, you're saying. It um, does a better job of world building compared to most other fantasy-based series. By far, there's. I don't think there's. I can't think of any other series that has done such a good job of like really, you know, selling the world in which uh, these these characters inhabit. You know, it's like I guess compared to like say Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, or like you know, <sighs> like uh, Death March to a Parallel World. <sighs> Look, I'm so done with like isekai or other world sort of like things it's very popular nowadays it's super popular it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the um it'd be akin to say the battle royale craze and like shooters nowadays or um fucking uh you know all the sword art online alikes that came up after that that thing came out i think it's like that at this point like other world fantasy shit is like the thing in in Japan right now, yeah, and like, well, not only does like um, Delicious the Dungeon say nuts to that, yes. it actually like, it actually does a good job of, like you know just fleshing out fleshing out its own specialized specialized reality mm. and making you long for like some of like the crazy um, dungeon based delicious um, dishes it it it, can't, it it serves up. <laughs> it is convenient and it is a happy convenience that uh, a lot of things they eat happen to have uh, real world analogs. They just happen to be coming from dungeon creatures. Agreed. And it's like we will, and I'm sure we will both continue to uh, like follow the series in scalated form and and in print form as well because God knows that they need the help. Yes, it's like I. No idea whether or not the delicious and dungeon anime is coming anytime soon, but uh, Silver Spoon, it's like you can buy like two seasons of it, like in anime form, and the first volume of manga is out right now. Volume two will be coming out um, very soon as well. Kaguya-sama, the first volume is out right now as well. Whether or not there's going to be an anime, uh, I certainly hope so. But um, well, it's like it deserves. Go out and buy this as well because it deserves all the success it gets. Because you know, it's like, hey, Steve and I are both like well outside its target target audience age, and we love it. Creepy as that may seem, right? 
<laughs> we're really normal people, honest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, John, it's like, um, any, any thoughts on on any of this? You want? Do you think we're creepy for for all this love we're showing these series? Um. No. <laughs> I, your, your, your confidence is, is heartwarming, sir. No. Thank you very much. No. No. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think there's. Well, I think uh, just go with Steve's statement there. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you're um, brave for going into subjects where maybe others would fear to tread. So I, uh, outside of that, I will take that as a compliment. Yeah, that's a compliment um, because you've reviewed some pretty crappy things on this channel. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Good old mm. wounded man. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> anyway, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time on Comic Picks by the Glick here? Okay, something I hope to be like um, equally positive about. That would be uh, it's like um, like a full return for um, Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley, and Corey Walker's Invincible. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later's. Bye.